Hey guys, welcome back to the second ever episode of Prospect Barn. I'm Curtis Ratner. And I'm Jeff Blyford. Uh So today's episode, we're going to be starting off by recapping some just prospect news around the NHL. It's happened in the past two weeks. It's been a while since we talked to you guys. And then we're going to transition into going over the second half of the first round, which is picks 16 through 31 from the 2019 entry draft. Yeah, I'm excited. I just want to say uh, thank you uh, all for uh, subscribing with us, and um, thank you all for all the reviews as well. It's uh, pretty exciting to see your own podcast out there and uh, get going, so I'm excited to get this episode on the way. Yeah, very much. Uh, Jeff, I guess we're going to start off today. I know we're early. It's only November 8th, but we're going to talk about right now who we think is the front runner for the uh, Rookie of the Year in the NHL, Calder Trophy. Yeah, definitely. I mean... Um, there's honestly only a couple guys catching my eye right now. Uh, the big guys like Jack Hughes and Capo Caco, um, off to a slower start. They're both picking it up in the last week, though. But right now, I'd have to go with Kale McCarr. Uh, 15 points in 16 games this year. It's almost a point-per-game player. Um, he's just an electric guy, and he's so fun to watch. It's just an overall fun team to watch over there in Colorado. But he's definitely my front runner right now. Uh and outside of that, I mean, you have Quinn Hughes, Jack's brother, who has been uh, quietly pretty good as well. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i with you on that. I definitely think Kale McCarr is my favorite as well. He uh, he just seems to be light years ahead of everyone else in terms of just maturity level, which does make sense. McCarr is 21 years old. He played a couple years in college. So, you know, you got Quinn Hughes, who's still 19, uh, and you have Jack Hughes, 18, Capo Caco, 18, Actually, Quinn Hughes just turned 20, so he's 20 years old now last month. But uh, regardless, you know, Makar has a little bit of extra time to pack on some more size and stuff like that. And he, uh, he he's really just generational talent. He's one of the guys that you think will be dominating the NHL for a very long time to come. And uh, I've, I've been incredibly impressed with him and the Avalanche so far. Obviously, they need to get healthy. They've been struggling a little bit with Rantanen and Landis Cog both injured. But uh, when they're healthy, they're one of the best teams in the league, and Makar is a, a big part of that. Yeah, definitely. Um, we'll see. what. Um, we'll, they're definitely going to be a good team for the entire year. Uh, a lot of people having them going to the Cup. So we'll definitely see. But um, did you check? Did you uh, get to see Jack Hughes' goal last night? I did, yeah. Yeah, breakaway goal. That was pretty nice. Um, New Jersey, they're struggling right now. Uh, there's, definitely, there's, there's also some rumors with Taylor Hall. There's uh, maybe in traded or asking for a trade uh, coming up here. So... We'll see what happens with them, but I think Jack Hughes is he's stepping into his role there. He kind of knows what where he should be day in and day out now, and um, he's becoming that player that a lot of people thought uh, we would see this year. Yeah, as far as the Taylor Hall news goes, I found it pretty funny almost, honestly. He uh, said in an interview after they got booed off the ice in a home game that they were battling against their fans, and you know the media takes it every possible direction trying to put whatever spin they can on it he kind of clarified saying it just sucks to get booed at home and me personally as a devils fan knowing taylor hall's in a contract year right now uh I, I, the last thing i'd be doing would be booing him or the team right now you're doing everything in your power to get this guy to resign and be a cornerstone of your franchise moving forward along with jack hughes i don't like that really moved by the fans too much i don't think it necessarily means he won't resign but uh the devils definitely want to get contract negotiations with hall moving as quickly as possible they don't want to see him a free agent on july 1st uh move going wherever he wants yeah they just and they just added a ton of studs on that team this year too of this past off season so devils fans like they're they're like they're gonna be a good team they're gonna figure it out 
uh, just a matter of time. They just added a lot of players, so sometimes it takes a little bit. And um, but anyways, um, who else you got? Who else you looking at right now? Uh, in terms of rookies, I think Capo Caco has come into his own these last couple of games. These last three, four games, he's played much better. Uh, the stats aren't overwhelming. He had a goal a couple nights ago and uh, assist in the game after, I believe. But uh, not, nothing too crazy stat-wise. But his best game of the season by far came the other night. Uh, he was just dominating the ice. And I think he was the Rangers' best player, even though he was held pointless. So uh, he, he's starting to find his uh, his confidence level in the NHL. So I think you could look for him to to start to put together a string of really good games and maybe uh, join the uh, the Calder race along with McCarr and uh, Quinn Hughes. Yes, yeah, another guy in the shadows there is uh, Cody Glass over in uh, Las Vegas. Uh, 17 games played this year. He has seven points. Uh, he's playing some good minutes. He looks good on the ice. Looks like he belongs in the NHL. Uh, I, I feel like he's be a pretty big in- impact for the team this year. Um, and another guy I've also been looking at is um, like Trevor Moore. Uh, he's on Toronto. Um, he's He's a, he's a center on their team. He's filled in pretty well when Tavares was out. And uh, he also looks like a guy who deserves to be in the NHL right now. Yeah, uh, I think Vegas is really going to need to rely on Cody Glass to uh, to step it up. He's been playing great so far, but uh, they're really not the same team that went to the Cup two years ago. They've lost a lot of key pieces to that team. Uh, most notably up front, I'd say James Neal, who obviously didn't have last year either, but uh, he was a big part of the Cup team. You lose some depth guys like Pierre Edward Belmar, stuff like that, and things kind of... I wouldn't say tumble out of control. The defense isn't what it used to be. You lose Colin Miller. Uh, Flurry's been battling injuries. So I think they're still a very good team. But uh, if they really want to get over the hump, I think that Cody Glass is going to be a huge part of that. And uh, I, I definitely think they're one of the best teams in the West still. But uh, if they really want to make another run for the finals, I think Cody Glass will play a huge, huge part in that. Yeah, definitely. He's one of those guys that he's going to need to step up for him. Um They've uh they've been pretty good this year. I mean, obviously they got some studs on that team. Uh, so they'll be right around there come playoff time. But yeah, was how we uh, hop back into the, the the draft and start with number sixteen, Colorado Avalanche. Uh, before we do that, real quick, I want to just talk. Uh, I think, in my opinion, at least in terms of. What's relevant to me, being a Rangers fan, the biggest prospect news that came out in the past two weeks is the uh, ninth overall pick from the 2018 draft. Tally Kravtsov has gone back to the KHL to play out the year. Uh, he did not make the team out of camp, so he started the year in Hartford, but really wasn't finding his groove too well. So he's gone back to the KHL with his team Tractor Chelybins. Uh, the Rangers did give him permission to do this, so it's not like he's not under contract with them anymore or anything, or he has the ability to sign whatever he wants. The Rangers have the ability to recall him at any time. But, uh, yeah, it's big news. A lot of people thought Kravtsov was going to make the team out of camp. He initially didn't. He was on NBC's top five uh, prospects to watch this year in the NHL and ended up not making the team or anything like that. So that's some big news. Uh, other than that, something on the side. Adam Boquist made his NHL debut, and I thought he looked very solid. He uh, He's a huge part of the Blackhawks' future. Him and Kirby Doc are both up playing big minutes now. You got Alex Nylander there, who they traded for as well. So the uh, the future's here in Chicago. They got to they gotta hope everything comes quick. Uh, lastly, too, uh, he ended up scoring two goals since then, but Joel Farabee's first two NHL goals were both called off because Kevin Hayes went off sides, which I think is pretty funny. You know, there's definitely uh, some jokes going on in the Flyers locker room there about Farabee and Hayes trying to uh, get that monkey off his back, I guess. But uh, other than that, yeah, I'm down to ready to transition into the, into the draft. 
Uh, the 16th overall pick was the Colorado Avalanche, and they took Alex Newhook on the BCHL, played for Victoria last year. Uh, he's a guy that loves the puck on his stick and has no uh, no shy of confidence, really. He's, uh, he's a very confident kid and just he wants to be the guy, and those are the players you're looking for. You don't like players that kind of shy away from the spotlight because that's not going to be him at all. He, he's going to want to do it all himself. Not necessarily that he won't pass the puck or anything, but he's going to want to be in the mix at all times. Yeah, he's going to be one of those like highly skilled players that we're seeing come out of the, uh, the first round of the draft a lot nowadays. And uh, I believe he's headed over to Boston College this year. Uh, so he's honestly at one of the best college hockey hockey programs in the country. Um, he should be a big player for them. Maybe hopefully get them back into the the Sweet 16 this year, and uh, maybe see him. I'm guessing in the next three three years on Colorado. Yeah, he uh, he led the BCHL in both regular season and postseason scoring last season with 38 goals and 64 assists for 102 points in 53 games. Uh, just offensive production through the roof. He's a natural center, but he can also be moved to the wing, which every team, you can never use enough of those players that can play wherever you need them. Uh, I think he can really help add to that depth in Colorado. I know they improved it this offseason. Last year, they were a straight one-dimension, a one-line team. It was really McKinnon, Landeskog, and uh, Rantanen doing all their offense. They brought in uh, Nazem Kadre, Andre Burakovsky, Jonas Donskoy, and even Pierre-Edward Belmar as a depth guy. But uh, I think Alex Newhook will just keep adding to that. Uh, obviously, we talked last episode. You have Bowen Byram just drafted. We already spoke about how good Kale McCarr is. I just, I, I'm really excited to see the Avalanche in a few years. Yeah, they're really a great team. They'll probably be, probably in the playoffs for the foreseeable future. I'm guessing if they can keep all their key players and uh, they have any luck with the draft. Yeah, well said. Uh, moving on to the 17th pick uh, was Peyton Krebs from the Vegas Golden Knights. And this is one of my favorite players in the draft. Uh, obviously, everyone loves those high skill players that put up those insane numbers. But as me, as someone who's, you know, I've watched hockey my whole life and I really come to admire all assets of the game. And I think Peyton Krebs is just so good in all three zones. Uh, his draft comparables are either Patrice Bergeron or Ryan O'Reilly. And if you watched the Stanley Cup Finals last year, you know how big a role both those guys played. Obviously, O'Reilly put up those ridiculous numbers, ended up winning the Conn Smythe. But just in terms of all three zones, power play, penalty kill, five on five, he can do it all. Uh, I can't really think of many players I'd rather be compared to than Ryan O'Reilly or Patrice Bergeron. So that that must be music to Peyton Krebs' ears. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely not uh, bad players to be compared to in the NHL right now. Um, but yeah, this guy, um, Krebs, he did have surgery right before the draft last year. I remember I remember watching him on TV. He could, looked like he could barely walk, but uh, he was definitely getting through it. Yeah, he had surgery on his um, a torn uh, Achilles tendon that he uh, sustained during an, an on ice workout last year. But yeah, he this guy's this guy's the real deal. He was the captain of uh, Team Canada's U18 uh, U18 team last year. Uh, his stats are unbelievable. He's definitely one of the top. Uh, prospects from last year i believe he did drop a little bit because of that surgery he had uh teams just didn't really want to take the chance but uh if he does get healthy uh vegas does have a key player right here for their future yeah there's a lot anytime some player has a severe injury like that he's always a little bit of a question mark but vegas rolled the dice on this kid and i love the pick uh he might not be as flashy as some of these other names on the list but nonetheless this kid has everything it takes to be a stud in nhl and uh be a part of a winning team which is uh which is very important Definitely. So let's move on to Dallas. 
Uh, yeah, moving on to 18, the Dallas Stars selected defenseman Thomas Harley out of the OHL. Uh, six foot three, 193 pounds, uh, great skater and, uh, very good at moving the puck, but can also put up points. Uh, very, very well-rounded defenseman, you know, can play in all three zones, which is very key in today's NHL. Defensemen need to put up points more so than they ever had, I'd say, in today's NHL with the way that the game has shifted. Uh, 11 goals, 47 assists for 58 points in 68 games. Yeah, definitely. Um, we've seen that Dallas Stars, uh, they definitely like their offensive defenseman uh, right now. Uh, they got two studs on their team uh, this year. Uh, just adding another guy, just telling you where the NHL is headed as a defensive player. Uh, they, they like guys that can move the puck and uh, and that, that can score. And this guy had uh, 47 assists last year in 68 games. So you're, you'll probably see him on the power play all year. Um as a respective team, and when he does make the NHL, he'll probably hop in on the power play there as well. Uh, he is he can definitely he has a lot of potential. Um, just a good old good old Canadian uh, defenseman they were seeing, but um, yeah, I don't really know much about this guy, but he uh, could be a very impactful player in the future for Dallas. Yeah, for sure. Dallas's defense is just loaded right now with young talent. I mean, you got John Klinberg, who I definitely wouldn't say is. He's, I mean, I'd say he's a, he's a in the in the prime of his NHL career right now. He's not necessarily a prospect anymore by any means. You have Miro Heiskanen, who I think the ceiling, the sky's the limit for that kid. He's he's unbelievable. And even guys like Esselindel. I mean, the the Dallas Stars' defensive depth right now, moving forward, especially adding Thomas Harley, is insane and. Uh, I think they're such a good team. I think they will turn it around this year. But as far as Harley's sake and as what we're talking about, I see, I see him impacting them in a couple years and them being a very, very good team for a long time. Exactly. They're gonna have a lot of uh, good defensemen on that team in the future. Um, they're hoping to make the playoffs consistently over the next few years as well. So uh, hopefully, we'll see him in the next couple of years. Yeah. Moving on to the 19th pick, and that was the Ottawa Senators. Um, and they selected Lassie Thompson, a defenseman. He had a great showing at the U18 Worlds. Uh, I think he was one of the most impressive people in that whole tournament, regardless of position. Uh, he's a great skater, uh, exceptional on his edges, and great first pass ability, which you really can't stress enough how important that is. Yeah, just a, another player coming over. Um, he's just, he looks great last year in the WHL. Um, seven power play goals last year, which is huge. A lot of NHL teams... Uh, love getting those guys who can score on the power play and score five five on five as well. Um, you look for him to have a big year um, this year, and he, I think, I mean, obviously Ottawa, uh, they need help as fast as they can get it, so he could maybe be in the NHL as soon as next year. So that wouldn't surprise me at all. He uh, he definitely has the uh, has the talent to be in the NHL soon, and Ottawa is in desperate need of as much talent as he can get quickly. Uh, similar to Dallas, though, they also have great young defensemen with Thomas Shabbat and Eric Brandstrom. So uh, adding Lassie Thompson, the Ottawa decor could as well be very good uh, in a couple of years. Yeah, we'll see how it pays off for them. They, have, they haven't made the best decisions the last couple of years, so hopefully they made a good one here. Uh, the 20th pick was the Winnipeg Jets, and they selected Vili Hineola, um, a defenseman from Finland, and he skyrocketed up the draft board this year. was originally not even thought to be a first-round pick. Uh, he's another kid that didn't really impress too much with his stats, but it was his composure and his ability to play against men that eventually got him selected this high. 
Uh, he was a point-per-game player in the nine games he played in the under-20 league. And uh, so you see the talents clearly there. But uh, that was good enough to earn him a spot in the Swedish elite, or the Finnish Elite League for the rest of the year. Uh, at a, a bit undersized at 5'11", but, uh, I mean, the kid's uh, very smart and has a lot to show. He made the team out of camp this year. Uh, the only three players in this entire draft class that were on their team's opening night roster were Hineola, Jack Hughes, and Capo Kaka, who obviously went first and second. So that kid's an elite company. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, like you said, uh, 5'11", uh, only weighing 178 right now. Uh, he is one on the smaller end of the defenseman, but as you know, the NHL is getting smaller. You've seen a ton of guys, uh, NHL defensemen, uh, short guys, be good uh, at the position. But yeah, he did make the roster. Uh, Winnipeg is very, uh, they're missing a lot of key uh, defensemen this year, a lot of trades, and uh, with a couple guys sitting out as well. Um, he is uh, he is from Finland. He looks great. Uh, a lot of people from Finland are coming over to the NHL now. It's like an explosion the last few years of all the talent that Finland sent over to the NHL. We'll like we'll see how it pans out for them. He might might be a little too early for him to be in the NHL, but we'll see how it works. Yeah, he actually, despite putting up decent numbers, he had a goal and four assists through his first eight games. He was still sent down in the American League for three games. And then just today, actually, they sent him back to Lugo in the Finnish Elite League to finish out the year. Uh, I think a lot of people might take this as a bad thing, similar to the Kravtsoft news. But you have to remember, these kids are 18, 19 years old. You know, it's their first time living in this country, playing on a lot smaller ice. Uh, I thought he did well for himself in the few games he played, but uh, obviously the Jets think he needs to develop a little bit more, so they sent him back. It shouldn't be taken too drastically. I think he will be a solid NHL player for years to come. Yeah, don't I don't don't really think anything anyone knows what the Jets are doing with their blue line blue line right now. Uh, missing a lot of key players from last year. Definitely, uh, they took a hit this season. Yeah, as far as the notable losses for the Jets, they did lose Jacob Truba to the Rangers. Tyler Myers to Vancouver and uh, Dustin Bufflin for uh, personal reasons, which they're still questioning if he will come back this year or ever to play hockey again. So uh, obviously wish the best for Big Buff and for the Jets, but uh, I think Kineola down the road will be a, a big part of their future. Uh, the 21st pick was the Pittsburgh Penguins, and this is very interesting to me. Uh, I mean, two, three years ago, who would have thought we'd be saying Pittsburgh needs help with their forward depth, but uh, here we are right now. Uh, they're really trying to get back to where they were. They lost a lot of depth guys over those couple of years. Um, the key for Poulin is consistency. Uh, he has all the tools to be a great player. He's 6'1", 202 pounds, and he shows signs of being an elite, elite player, but he also disappears at times. Uh, I've seen or I've heard his effort and his motivation need to be upped a little bit, but... Uh, if, if, he, if they can figure that out, I think this is going to be a good pick for Pittsburgh, but it's a, it's a high-risk, high-reward type situation. Yeah, Pittsburgh's just been one of those teams the last, what, 10 years that's always, their fours are always top-notch. Um, obviously, like Crosby, Malkin, Kessel, they've had James Neal, guys like that just come through their lineups. They have, like, unbelievable offenses that no one can seem to stop. But, yeah, they uh, their four depth this year is lacking a little bit. So they definitely went out and made him a nice move, I think, this year, coming and picking a forward. Um, he can he can play the wing, he can play center. Uh, he did uh, was fourth in the tournament in the U18 World Championship last year at face-off percentage with 63.2%. Uh, so that's nothing to bat an eye at. He looked great. Uh, he's also the former son of an NHL forward named Patrick Poulin. 
Um, so his dad, his dad knows what it's all about playing in the NHL. So hopefully he taught him some uh, some key things to be successful. Yeah, I think uh, he's a young kid, you know, just drafted 18 years old. So with any of these young kids, you know, they need to mature and, and learn, I guess, the professional lifestyle. So I think that will come with time. You obviously do have a little bit of a question mark there, having that on his record pretty much as multiple scouts saying the effort is not what it should be. But uh, if he can figure out that part of his game and, and really uh, commit to being a consistent player who gives it all 110% every game, I think, uh, I think he has the tools to be a star. Uh, the 22nd pick is the Los Angeles Kings, and they expected Tobias Bjornfoot, uh, another defenseman. But I think this was a good pick for them. They obviously took Alex Turcotte at five, which kind of helped out the center depth issues down the road. But uh, this kid's just so smart. He sees the ice so well. Uh, defensemen really need that ability to see the ice in their own zone, and this kid has that as good as anyone in this draft class. So uh, I like the pick. Uh, I like the kid, his overall hockey sense, his personality. He seems like a great kid. Uh, the pick was acquired from Toronto in the Jake Muzzin trade, so I guess the Kings are hoping he can one day fill in and uh, play the role Jake Muzzin did for them for so many years. Yeah, he is definitely going to have some big shoes to fill if he, uh, they hold him up to that. But yeah, um, he's a great skater, a great player. He's playing in the Swedish Elite League this season, I believe. So um, that's one of the best leagues in the world as well. So he should definitely uh, mature there. Um, yeah, the Kings are they they have a pretty uh, their team. They don't really know where they're going right now. They they're probably one of the bubble teams this season. Uh, definitely looking to improve over the next couple of years as fast as possible. They're hoping he can step in and be one of those guys that's going to help him out. Um, but he should definitely have a good le- good year this year in the Swedish Elite League. Yeah, just to go over some other of the Kings' big prospects they have, because they're starting to compile a nice little pool over in L.A. right there. you got Carl Grundstrom, uh, Arthur Kaliev, who was selected 33rd in this draft. He fell out of the first round, but I think that was a mistake by a lot of teams passing on him. We'll talk about him in a later episode, but uh, I think he's got elite, elite potential. And then obviously Alex Turcotte, like we said before. So the, the Kings are starting to compile uh, a good prospect pool and uh, really – doing everything they need to do to put themselves back on the map in the near future. The 23rd pick was the New York Islanders, and they selected Simon Holmstrom, a right winger from Sweden who played for HV71 last year, which is known as to be one of the better teams in the Swedish Elite League. Uh, He's 6'1", 193, and uh, again, one of those guys that played against men, so you know that he has has the ability to, to slide in the NHL at some point. You know, the the aspect of playing against bigger, more dominant people won't be too overwhelming for him. Yeah, just uh, another international skier. I've seen a lot of these guys, it seems like, in the back half of the draft. Um, he should be... Uh, the Islanders, I mean, they're a great team right now. They're kind of one of the shockers of the early season. Um, just if they can add another big body uh, big body forward to their team, uh, just a style like the... Pro- just style they like to play he's a hard-working player in all three zones so um i know he had a, a lot he helped sweden out a lot in the world juniors this year um was he had uh, seven games three goals three assists so he was a very uh big impact player for their team uh we'll see what he does this year and hopefully the islanders will see him soon yeah, uh, the most talked about thing with him was his ability to create space for himself. He has a great shot, so he's very good at finding the open area, which obviously with any player at that age will need to make an adjustment coming over to the smaller ice in North America. 
Uh, it was a little bit of an interesting pick because I think there was more talent on the board, but the Islanders believe in this kid and they stuck with him. So uh, you can't really bash on them for that. You don't know what any of these players are going to turn out to be in a couple years. So uh, they saw the kid and they liked him and they were willing to take the risk on him. So we'll see what happens. Uh, 24th was the Nashville Predators, and they selected Philip Tomasino, a center out of Niagara in the OHL. Six foot, 183. Uh, very good player. Uh, 34 goals, 38 assists in 67 games. Uh, a dynamic offensive talent, elite skating ability. Uh, I'd put that, I'd put his skating ability up there with anyone in this draft class. Obviously, at the top, you have guys like Jack Hughes, uh, even Alex Turcott, Trevor Zegris with unbelievable skaters, but uh, I'd put this kid right up there with all of them. He's a great skater. Uh, very hard in the forecheck and creates offense through uh, through all types of ways. He can make plays, score himself, and uh, forecheck hard as well. Exactly, and what every NHL team loves to see, uh, this guy is a clutch player. He led the OHL last year with 12 game-winning goals. That's the most by any player. Um, so he's definitely one of those guys that you want uh, with the you want to have the puck on their stick at the end of the games. Uh, we'll see how he does this year. Um, Nashville Nashville's a pretty good team right now. Uh, I don't know will where he will act exactly step in the next coming years, um, but he can definitely make an impact to their team when he is ready to play in the NHL. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. Uh, one last thing I'd like to say about Tomasino is he was voted one of the best skaters and the most improved players in the OHL by the OHL coaches pool last year. So anytime you're getting compliments like that from your opposing coaches, that's a that's a great sign. It's uh, it's hard to get compliments from from opposing coaches like that. And he, uh, I mean, if the entire league unanimously thought that, that shows that he uh, he really came a long way. Uh, the 25th pick was the Washington Capitals, and they selected Connor McMichael from uh, the London Knights of the Ontario Hockey League. He's technically listed as a center, but he can play center or wing. Uh, at six foot 182, he put up 36 goals and 36 assists for uh, in 67 games last year. Uh, he's got electrifying speed, and my favorite stat about this kid is that the longest pointless streak he went this year was only two games. So uh, you can put as consistent as they come pretty much in that list right there. He very rarely has an off night. He'll produce for you day in and day out, and the Capitals have to be excited about that. Yeah, he's definitely uh, going to be a great player one day. Um, and this is actually the first four the Washington Capitals have selected in the, in the first round since Jacob Verana back in 2014 so they've been filling up on defense uh, the last couple of years it's uh great to see them go out and get a four that they believe is going to be top talent one day uh i said stay another thing the capitals they've been great at developing all their first round talent they very rarely seem to find a bust uh pretty much all their first round picks have gone on to have steady if not uh if not exceptional nhl careers yeah that's great and the bruins have scored <laughs> but, but uh yeah he should be he should be a great player for them uh, the 26th pick, the Calgary Flames selected Jacob Pelletier out of the Quebec Major Junior League. He's listed at only 5'9", 165, so definitely needs to pack on some more weight before he's NHL ready. But uh, regardless, he put up 39 goals and 50 assists for 89 points in 65 games this year. And he plays much bigger than his size, which is a good sign, but I think he'll have a hard time playing that same game in the NHL, at least until he puts on some more weight. I mean, this is nothing uh, new to the Calgary Flames. Obviously, they drafted Johnny Hockey, Johnny Gaudreau. He's uh, been very good for them over the years, at the least. Um, definitely like one of the best players over the last over the last few years in the NHL. But yeah, he's um, he's an elite forward with those 89 points he had last year. 
Um, definitely nothing to bat an eye at. Uh, he'll be a great he'll be a great player. Hopefully for them one day uh, when he does um, end up in the NHL. But yeah, uh, Calgary likes their smaller forwards, uh, like a couple other teams in the NHL as well. So uh, hopefully he's a big impact for them. But we'll see. Yeah, I am a little bit shocked they didn't take a defenseman, just considering that all they've done for the past few years is draft forwards. Uh, they're they're already stocked with forwards in terms of their prospect pool. But uh, regardless, this kid's very motivated to make a name for himself. And uh, too early to say I don't like the pick yet. I'm just uh, I'm a little intrigued by it. Is all. The uh, 27th pick was the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they selected Nolan Foot out of the WHL. And interestingly enough, in 2017, they selected his brother, Cal Foot, 14th overall. So now they have both Foot brothers, which should be easier for Nolan to make a transition now, coming in, obviously having his brother there. Uh, should give him some extra comfort initially coming in onto the scene in Tampa. They're a team that has tons and tons of offensive talent, so I like how they went for a bigger player here. Not necessarily the most skilled player, but someone that could most likely, I don't think, fills into a top six role at least anytime soon. I'd say he's a bottom six guy, third line guy that likes to grind it out. He can still put up decent numbers. He had 36 goals and 27 assists in 66 games last year, but uh, not your high-end skill guy that I guess you're accustomed to seeing with Tampa Bay, really. Yeah, the only thing Tampa Bay needs is another uh, skilled forward. <laughs> like they, they're so deep right now. It's, uh, it's probably probably the deepest team I've ever seen in my life. The last two years, Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, yeah, it must be crazy playing in the NHL with your brother once he does get there. Um, I can't really imagine what that's like. But yeah, he's a two-way forward. Uh, he can play all ends of the ice. Uh, should be a great player for them in the future. Yeah, well said. Moving on to the 28th pick, and that's the Carolina Hurricanes. And they selected Ryan Suzuki, who also had a brother drafted in the 2017 draft. His brother was drafted by Vegas and then traded to Montreal. Nick Suzuki, who's currently playing on their fourth line, I believe, still. But uh, again, still young, drafted in 2017, so it's not too uh, not too concerning for Montreal fans or him there. But uh, Ryan Suzuki's got elite playmaking ability, great vision, can read the play very, very well. Uh, I've also heard with him, though, that motivation can sometimes lead to a lack of effort and that if he does put it all together and finds a way to be a more mature player, he can he can be a force to be reckoned with down the road. Yeah, exactly. And Carolina is a very young, uh, young team right now. They look really good. Um, they definitely have a bright future. Um, yeah, definitely. I heard from some scouts that he could have the highest hockey IQ in the entire draft this year. So that's saying a lot with all the talent that's in this draft. Um, and also 28 power play points last year. Um, he's one of those guys that can score. Uh, he can move the puck. He can do everything that a GM wants from him. So the Carolina Hurricanes, they maybe, maybe got a steal here in the draft. Yeah, it's another one of those risky picks, but I think at that point when he fell all the way to 28, uh, I think it was a very smart pick to take him. Uh, obviously, you know, if say things don't work out, you can always try to move them for some other pieces down the road. So, uh, so obviously, you you wish the best for them with this pick. I think Ryan Suzuki has the potential to be one of the best players in the draft. So, uh, at 28, it's a good move. Yeah, definitely, they cannot complain about that. Uh, the 29th pick was the Anaheim Ducks, and they took to Trevor Zegras earlier in the first round, the ninth pick, and now you move and you take Braden Tracy. Uh, left wing from Moose Jaw in the WHL, 6'1", uh, very big body. He was the WHL Rookie of the Year last year. 
Uh, and he was another guy that really skyrocketed, made a rapid jump in the rankings towards the end of the year, was not thought to be a first-round pick. But uh, uh, he had a great season, uh, 36 goals, 45 assists for 81 points in 66 games. And uh, I like to pick a lot by Anaheim. Yeah, uh, me too. He's one of those guys that uh, he's also a very uh, clutch player. He seemed last year on his team. Uh, just one of those guys you want uh, with the puck on his uh, stick at the end of the games. Um, he definitely uh, he's got a quick shot, quick release uh, that you're, we're seeing with a lot of the younger players in the NHL now. Uh, there's guys that can shoot the puck that looks like they're not they're, they're flicking their wrist and it's going top shelf and it's beating the goalie every single time. Um, but yeah. WHL last year. Um, it's a very competitive league. 81 points. It's great, great for him and great for the Anaheim Ducks, who definitely struggled over the last few years scoring goals and uh, winning games. Yeah, the one knock on him I've heard is that he's not a very good skater, uh, but he makes up for it with his work ethic and his drive. So uh, you know, getting a player that's motivated like that's never a bad thing. Obviously, you can work on that as he matures, but uh, I'd say that's the one knock if I had to say one thing about his game that was not too impressive to most scouts. Uh, the 30th pick was the Boston Bruins, and they selected John Beecher, uh, 6'3", 212 centerman, absolute unit. And for someone 6'3", 212, this kid can absolutely fly, like an exceptional skater. Honestly, very shocked he dropped this low. He was the another player also taken from the United States National Team Developmental Program, which is just absurd how much NHL talent this team's producing. He's going to play this year out at Michigan, but Jeff, I know you're a Bruins fan, so uh, I'm going to let you take away uh, the John Beecher. Yeah, I'm very excited. I mean, I think he was overshadowed by a lot of the talent in the USA uh, National Development Program uh, this past year. He's a great player, like you said. He can fly. He's six foot three, two hundred, 212 pounds. I mean, he just like looks like a, a Bruins player that you've seen a lot uh, a lot over the past years with their teams um yeah like, like you said he can fly he's uh he's gonna be one of those hopefully exciting players that's impossible to steal the puck from uh on all three areas of the ice um i'm very excited when he finishes up at michigan in the next couple of years to see him potentially jump straight into a top six forward spot with that team uh boston centers aren't getting any any uh, younger uh, you got Bergeron who's there who's a lock for the next couple of years but Krejci uh, we'll see what happens with him uh, he could be coming in right when Krejci comes out yeah exactly it's kind of hard to uh, exactly fill out a lineup two three years down the road but we have to assume the Bruins are hoping he can slide in that number two center role with David Krejci when David Krejci finally leaves uh, the last pick in the first round was the Buffalo Sabres and they selected Ryan Johnson a defenseman from Sioux Falls in the USHL um, he was one of the youngest players in the draft, only at 17 still, uh, six foot 170, uh, 54 games played, six goals, 19 assists. So the stats aren't overwhelming, but it's that he was very still young for that, even for that league. And he, uh, he's not one of the guys that's going to produce offensive crazy numbers, but he's a very good skating defenseman that's uh, solid in all three zones and very, very, uh, defensively responsible. Yeah, that's just what Buffalo needs. Like these next couple of years, they already have their uh, offensive defensemen in um, uh, Rasmus Dahlin and in uh, Colin Miller as well. Um, so if he can be that guy, that rock in in their D zone that they need, uh, that'd be very helpful for Buffalo. So another another uh, North American. Uh, he's got elite talent though, and he can control the puck in all three zones. So 
we'll see what happens with him. Uh, Buffalo, they're on the uprise, it looks like. So hopefully uh, he's in the NHL next couple of years as well. Yeah, I just want to say one more thing about him. He was able to win the World Junior A Challenge, and he also won the Clark Cup with Sioux, uh, Sioux Falls. So, uh, again, Kim knows how to win. Uh, Buffalo obviously needs the uh, the winning environment back. It's been a while since they've really shown much of anything in Buffalo. I honestly can't even remember off the top of my head the last time they made the playoffs. The last time I remember them really being relevant was like 2007 with Chris Drury and Daniel Briere, those type guys. So uh, Buffalo is looking for... Uh, a little bit of changing culture there, and I think this kid helps it. They're obviously trending in the right direction to what they were a couple of years ago, but remember last year they had that hot start. They were the best team in the NHL in November ended up finishing the year down by the end uh, in the bottom of the league. So uh, I think Ryan Johnson's a good move for them and uh, wish him and the team the best moving forward. New coach too, right? Yeah, they were. They did fire Phil Housley after last season, so uh, they deal with the coaching change. Yeah, Ralph Kruger, hopefully he's at uh, that culture change that they need. Obviously, they'll throw a great start. Probably, we'll see if they're probably a bubble team for me right now to make the playoffs, but we'll see how it ends up. Yeah, I don't put them in just yet. I still think there's too many other good teams. Obviously, you got Boston and Toronto right now in the Atlantic. And then despite what everyone's saying, Tampa Bay is still Tampa Bay. I, I mean, they're... They're, they're still going to be a top three team at division. I still think they win the division. Maybe not with how good Boston's playing right now, but uh, I think they, if, if they're going to get in, it's going to be fighting for a wild card spot with a couple other teams. Yeah, exactly. My thoughts as well. Uh, okay, other than that, do you have anything else you'd want to talk about here before we wrap up? Yeah, I got a shout-out. Um, uh, my cousin, he's a, Tate, his name's Tate Singleton, freshman at Ohio State University. Uh, he's playing right now, I think I believe, on their second line with two uh, players that have been drafted into the NHL. Uh, he's currently an NHL free agent, but in eight games played, he has six points. Um, he's third on their team in points, and uh, he looks like he uh, definitely belongs out there and probably going to look from an NHL team later this year. Uh, he had the game-winning goal against Michigan last weekend, and uh, he's looking uh, primed to have a good season. All right, yeah, with that being said, we're going to wrap up our second episode. Uh, I just want to thank you guys for listening, subscribing, and rating. Uh, it's been awesome so far to watch the, uh, the ratings go up, the number of subscribers, uh, and we hope to uh, only continue that in the future. Keep bringing you guys some more good content, and uh, I guess we'll see you next week or two weeks from now. Yeah, that wraps up episode two for us. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome like just seeing your name on a podcast. Uh, and uh, thank you guys all for uh, reviewing it for us and uh, spreading the word. Um, definitely, I've already heard some feedback from some uh, people back home, and uh, I'm excited to keep it rolling for you guys.